Hello and welcome to Spring Office Hours Season 3, season three. Episode 1, Spring Let's Into go. the New Year. My name is Dan Vega, Spring Developer Advocate at Broadcom. Today I am joined with my good friend and co-worker Deshaun. Deshaun, how are you doing? I'm, I'm excited to be here. We made it into 2024 and yeah, I... My rest worked. I had some time off. I'm ready to go. And I'm glad that you're here with me. I really am. Let's get yeah. started. Yeah, you season said three. Uh, season three. This is exciting. We, we kind of changed things up. We are now doing these by season, which I think is nice. We ended season two uh, with a good episode. And then as you said, you were, you were going on a little vacation. You decided, you said you weren't going to do any work. You, t- you put your laptop away. And I think, that's, I think that's a great idea. A little bit of reset time. I mostly didn't do any work either. So yeah, it was good to kind of reset, come back fresh, ready to go. Season three, here we are. I was excited to be back here, spring office hours. It's like my favorite time of the week. I yeah. love connecting with this community. Uh, I'm excited about all the conversations that spread from this event that happens. Yeah. And I'm also just, I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be on this side of the calendar. Yep, yep. I'm excited about the future of this show because, like, like we said, this is season three. Uh, we we started this out. This was really just kind of an idea, a little project of ours. We wanted to like get involved in the community a little bit more. Finally, you know, help out, answer some questions, and it's kind of morphed into this like bigger thing now. And now it's you know it was a live stream, and now it's a podcast, and now we have guests, and yeah. So it's been growing. It's been a lot of fun to like watch it grow. And I wrote some blog posts over break. And that, that was one of the things I kind of reflected on just where, where we've come with spring off stars. So I'm, I'm proud of where the show has come. Um, I'm, I'm happy to be doing it with you and I'm excited about the future of the show. Absolutely. This is the thing I wish I had when I was a developer. It's the thing I wish I had. I wish I had something like this. I would, I would be eating it up and I did. (laughs) So uh, I was talking to you about this before the show, but I love this New Year's time of year. I know everybody kind of like resets, sets some goals. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is just kind of clean everything up. I, I, I'm very organized, but like towards the end of the year, things pile up, you know, papers pile up. And I like to like clean out all of my systems, like, you know, go through my email, try to get back to inbox zero, go through all the notifications, try to clean those up. I put everything into Notion. I use Notion for like managing my life. I spent some time kind of cleaning that up. Um, one of the things we talked about uh, over, you know, maybe a couple of months ago was I got all of my passwords moved from something else to one password uh, at the, at the, at the uh, advice of, of one of our spring security experts. So I did that and uh, I'm feeling good about that now. And I mean, even getting the family on that. So just a whole bunch of those like cleanup tasks. By, you know, doing that, coming into work today, I was just like, oh, I feel like clean, refreshed, huge, uh, ready to go with everything that, that, that's coming our way. So The day after Christmas, Christmas happened, uh, yeah. Christmas evening, after everybody left, we cleaned up. We packed away everything, all the decorations, everything put away, because the next <laughs> morning, we got yeah. in the car and we drove. And we yeah. went on our vacation. So yeah. when we came back, well, one of the other things I did, you talk about resetting and cleaning up, uh, I went through my passwords and I cleaned up passwords and I got rid of nice old things that were sitting around. Let's, let's go clean that up. I yep. also rebuilt some clusters. I rebuilt, nice. redeployed some Raspberry Pis. I got a couple of Raspberry Pi fives in my, in, in my possession, deploying these things. And I got a new MacBook and I'm doing that right now. As we speak, I'm 
reinstalling a MacBook, repaving the infrastructure. Shouldn't that happen once a year? Repave. Yep. yep. Good idea. Yeah, I'm and for now that... Yeah, now that you say that, uh, as good of a feeling as this is, I really should do this more often, maybe once a quarter, because it, it, it helps kind of clean things up and gives you a little bit more of a perspective on things. So, Do you want to know what else feels um, good? Hmm. It feels really good when your software just updates itself. Yeah, yeah. I'm really, like, I'm starting to find joy when software, when the community, when especially the open source community, when they say, hey, I've got something for you. From us to you. And it feels personal. They're giving me these updates all the time. I'm getting all these cool updates. Right. I really enjoy that feeling. Yep. Yep. Cool. Just looking through uh, the comments here, just to remind everyone, we do a live stream uh, every week. We'll talk about that in a second, but uh, we do a live stream every week. Uh, so if you want to join us, you can check out, uh, you can find out more about this on springoffstars.io. If you are joining us in a live stream, feel free to get your questions in. Uh, we Part of this is being able to answer your questions. So if you have questions, please go ahead and ask them. If you are not able to join the live stream, we turn this into a podcast. So you can get this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, so if you want to listen to us on the go, in the car, on the treadmill, my favorite places to listen, uh, go ahead and check that out. Um, so as far as podcasts and days... I think we have a few announcements we want to talk about as, as we head into season three. And then what we'll do is we'll talk about things that we're going to be focused on this year. Again, this is a good time to kind of reflect and figure out where we want to focus on because I think it's important to do that because if you don't and just kind of like let things come at you, then those, those things that you want to focus on will no longer be a focus because you're just kind of being reactive, right? So we're going to talk about some of the things Deshaun and I want to focus on in the new year. So, um, First, a couple of announcements. One, we do this show every Tuesday at 3.30 Eastern, as far as season two goes. We are going to move this show to Mondays. Moving to Mondays? Moving on to Mondays. That is a huge announcement. Yes, big announcement. We're moving the live stream to Monday uh, at 1 o'clock Eastern. And the podcast will then come out Tuesday morning. So I will get that out that night. That will be scheduled for Tuesday mornings. You'll have the podcast on Tuesday. The reason we're doing this is because we found out last year that a lot of travel that happens throughout the week begins on a Tuesday. So we leave on a Tuesday and then we have to like reschedule this live stream. And it, it, was, it was a little bit, it was tough at times. So we thought moving to Monday... We're fresh off of last week. We can talk about things that went on last week. Um, we can not miss episodes due to travels. I mean, it's still going to come up, but I think yeah. less frequently. So I think that was the the kind of reasoning behind that. So hopefully that doesn't impact anyone. Um, I know it's, again, we have a worldwide audience, Deshaun, which is really exciting. So happy. So having live streams, we're, we're not going to find a time where everybody can join us, uh, but you can always catch the replay or catch the podcast episode. We're glad that you're here. So that's that. Uh, number two, springoffstars.io. Uh, that is the URL that we always tell you about. Right now, it forwards to the Tansy Developer Center. That's where all our episodes are hosted. We are working on a dedicated website for Spring Office Hours. And this will allow us to do a couple of things. One, have a little bit more flexibility on like 
you know, we don't control any of the merges that happen on the Tanzu Developer Center. So sometimes it's tough to like get things in and change things. And also because we don't control that, we can't do a lot of things we want to do with like automation, right? Like we want to do one thing and like push it to, you know, a bunch of different places and update show notes and things like that. So I think one thing we'd like to hear from the audience is like on this dedicated website, outside the ability to like find a show, see the show notes, play it through like some podcast player right on the website. What features would you be interested in? We want to bring you in. We want to bring you into the office hours. We want to make it more uh, engaging for you. What are some things that you wish you had as you're sitting here watching or joining or listening or thinking about the question you might want to ask? What's something else that we could do to maybe make this relationship a little bit better? How could we do that maybe via website? Yeah, maybe a place to be able to ask questions, maybe a place to like join in a discussion about something. Um, we have some ideas, but yeah, we'd definitely love to hear from you. Um, so I think as far as announcements, those are the two big ones. Uh, we will get a, a show scheduled for next week. So that is going to be on Monday. Uh, we have a topic already, so we're excited about that. Um, and we'll start to schedule out um, some of these shows a little bit more in advance so that you have uh, a little bit of an idea of what we're going to be doing next. So excited about that. Speaking of, um, I have my, my fancy Code Mash uh, uh, hoodie on. Uh, I love this hoodie. I will be at Code Mash next week. I'm excited about that. I am giving Where two talks. That? That is in Sandusky, Ohio. Sandusky. Uh, right in a water park. In a water a Kalah- park. Kalahari Water Park. Uh, a lot of fun. I love that. Uh, I love this conference because I get to see – it's not just a Java conference either. It's uh, There's actually in Ohio, probably in Northeast Ohio, it's uh, a lot bigger of like a C-sharp uh, Microsoft.net crowd. But there's a lot of Java developers in Northeast Ohio and um, like middle of Ohio, like in the Columbus area. So we get a nice uh, group of Java developers there. Um, there'll be some spring talks. We have a dinner uh, with Chris Judd every year who organizes his dinner at, at, at local pizzeria. Chris Judd so, would be a good candidate. We should have him on the show. Uh, we absolutely can. Anytime we want. We we should definitely talk to him. Um, so, yeah, let's Chris, do that. I will... I will talk to him next week about that. We, we need to get him on. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. In that, I am uh, talking about GraphQL. I'm also doing a brand new talk on DevRel. So, uh, what is DevRel? What is DevRel? What, how do you define it? Where does it fit in an organization? We, what does we, it take it to twice. be a developer advocate? Todd Lee yeah. just showed up just magically. <laughs> we, I don't know what happened, how that happened. It was just, we, we start talking about That's Devrel what you do. You boom. say Devrel, 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 and Todd Libby shows up. Amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I'm excited about that. Been working on that uh, the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'm, I'm always excited to give new talks because uh, I love, like, talks that I've done before because they're polished. Like, I understand what I need to do, what fits within that time frame. New talks are, like, you know, they're, they're a new book. Right, yep. and it's fun putting a new book together. So here's where we are. We, you and I both, uh, have talked about uh, both developer spring developer advocates long before we were on this this team on Tasha's mm-hmm. team. And you're doing this new talk, DevRel. I would like to kind of circle back. What is DevRel? Dev advocacy. How are they yep. different? What do they mean? What's that? There's kind of a big umbrella 
for people that are doing what? Yep. What is it? Give me your two cents. Well, so the, you know, one of the things I talk about in this talk is I say, well, how do you define DevRel, right? How do you define developer advocacy? The thing is, if you ask seven to 10 developers to define it, you are going to get seven to 10 probably different answers. And the reason for that is because it means something different to different organizations. It also means something different to different teams within organizations. So there's no blanket statement of like, this is what developer ad advocacy is. Um, one of the things that I really love uh, or think about when I think about dev advocacy is it's the intersection between education, community, and product. We are in the middle of educating other developers who are trying to use the products that we're advocating for. Uh, so I think if you can get in the middle of that, if you can create content so people can learn about your products, and you can also take that feedback from the community back to the engineering teams, uh, I think that's a good place to be as far as an advocate goes. So before, you know, we, we kind of circle things. You've got this new talk, this new thing that you're working on, and it's content around developer relations, developer advocacy. In previous roles, Inside of large enterprise customer, we worked yep. on product. Oh, there's this really cool thing yep. that I, I've, I've got an idea. I think it would really help our organization. And what yep. do you do? Right? There's a lot of amazing products, amazing developments that just didn't get the energy, the momentum that they needed in mm -hmm. order to do all the value that they could have. Yep. So you talk about education, community, and product. This isn't just community roles like us out right. in the open source. Right. There's... This role exists formally in a lot of organizations, but I yep. think also informally. There's yeah. somebody that you know inside of your org that yep. is kind of like that person that you go to. They've got the new cool ideas. They're, they're doing the new cool things, and they're documenting it well. They're yep. talking about it at lunch, and they're sharing what they learn, and they're asking for feedback. Yep, and they're they're reading the GitHub issues and finding out what problems people are having and, and improving on these products. So, yeah, so... There's a lot to talk about there, and I say we we I, th I say we do a show on it next week. I think I that's it. what we're gonna do. So, if you want to hear a little bit more about Devrel, what we think Devrel is, and maybe give you a little bit of inspiration if it's something you're interested in getting in uh, as a profession or just as like like you said within your organization, being able to help out. Yeah, that should be I fun. That'll be a great talk. Perfect. But cool. But today. Today, we're going to talk about something different. We're talking about New Year's stuff, focus. Yeah. What are we focused on this year? What do we want to learn? What are, Do we have any goals for this year? Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to kickstart this conversation with sharing a blog post that I wrote. Um, just says, Happy New Year 2024. And I just went through every year. I kind of jot down my ideas of like, what did I do last year in one post? So a reflection of what I did. And then, hey, what do I want to focus on this year? Um, I used to set, um, there's a really good book. Um, there's a couple of good books that I like on this. But I used to set more like SMART goals. Like, I don't even remember what the acronym is now. Like measurable, obtainable, you know. Mm -hmm. There's a way to like define goals that, that you can have. I stopped doing this once I had young kids. I was like, I, I <laughs> who's just got time for that? who's got time for setting goals? So now I kind of just set things that I want to focus on. And maybe once a quarter I'll check in and go, okay, these are the things I said I wanted to focus on this year. 
am I still focused on them or do we need to like bring the train back on the tracks a little? And these things change, you know, because different things happen and, and different objectives come up and, and, and these things will change. But um, yeah, so I'll kick this off and then this will be kind of a way to like talk about things that we want to focus on this year. And we'd love to hear from you, obviously, because as we just said, we're an extension of the community. We want to like talk about and build things with the things that you're interested in. So, um, cool. So I think from a Java perspective, uh, Java 21 still very top of mind for me, especially with Spring Boot 3.2, virtual threads. Uh, I see a lot of buzz around about, uh, around everything that's going on with virtual threads. I think I saw, I think you and I both shared this out, but there was like a case study done of like some million row record thing against the database yes. of virtual threads. And I know you like had something else that you shared out with that. Yep. Um, so I think that that is very top of mind still for me. That is from the creator of the CDC tool that I cannot think of the name because you just, you brought it up. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that that's going to be a fun one. Yeah. So I think that's top of mind. Um, everything that went into Spring Boot 3, 3.1, 3.2. Uh, oh, yeah, it was a billion rows, not a million. I knew it was like some some pretty cool uh, benchmark. Um, everything that went into 3, 3.1, 3.2, and what's coming in Java 22, these were all around like runtime efficiency. There was a big theme around building different applications for different workloads, right? And... Java and Spring are both helping us with that. So I'm looking forward to Java 22 already. That's, you know, in a couple months. We're we're not far from that. Um, I like to say that Java 21 is middle age. It's been out for three months. <laughs> it is Java 22 is around the corner. Early access is available. We get a new version of Java every six months. And it's been over three months since Java 21 went GA. So wouldn't that qualify as middle age? Yeah. I, I You know, and outside of that, I haven't had a chance to really dig into... What's coming in 22? I know some of the features around Project Laden are. Um, I'm trying to think. I think that everything else in Project Loom is going to be a preview again. I think I saw that. So structure concurrency, scope values. Uh, I'm really looking forward to, to towards those. Uh, so I, don't don't take me at. Um, uh, I, I have to look into that, but um, yeah. Uh, so here, if you're here in the, the live stream, we're sharing a, a link to that, morelean.dev. There's a one billion row challenge. That's pretty cool. Yes. So that's Java, Java 21, Java 22. I love Java. Excited to do all the things Java. And also, on the other flip side of Java, I threw something up at the end of last year, and I said, uh, should I learn Kotlin? And the people spoke, and they said I should learn Kotlin. So I'm going to take a personal dive into Kotlin for a couple of reasons. One, I'm a Spring developer advocate, and there are Kotlin developers who are building Spring applications. So I think this is a good thing for me to understand. Um, two, I want to understand like Kotlin versus Java. I know from the surface, if I was building like mobile applications, Kotlin would be where I reached for if I was building Android applications, but I'm not a. I don't have any Android devices. I don't. I don't even build apps for the, the the iPhone or the iPad that I have. But if I was going to build Android, I I believe Kotlin is the number one way to do that. 
And then I just really want to understand, like, what are the reasons people reach for Kotlin? Um, and I know there are like some great language features there and I would just love to understand that. So, uh, I think I'm going to dive into that Fantastic. pretty soon. Yeah. I, I am not, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I am not going to dive into cotton this year. <laughs> I am going to try. I'm going to really, really try to become a spring certified professional. I'm going to study and I'm going to take the tests and I'm going to go to spring Academy and I'm going to do everything that's available there. And I'm going to take that test and that's what I'm going to do first. That is, that. that is right at the top of my spring list. So Spring Academy, being able to, I think first and foremost, I just want to make people more aware of Spring Academy. I mean, you and I share it out all the time and it's, I think it's, you know, we're not being asked to push Spring Academy to anybody. Like it's a genuine, we want to share it because it's a really great place to, again, education, right? Education of Spring ecosystem products. This is a great place to go for it. And I want to just make people more aware of it, what's available there as far as like courses and content. And like you, I, I want to go through and get spring certified. Because I, I I think, you know, just being able for us to be able to document that journey and let people know that, hey, maybe it's not as scary as you thought it was. Uh, I'm or, just jealous. Yeah, I know. I'm jealous Wait, that for a lot years of I beg, I was, oh, I wish I could do that, and I don't have the money to do it, and and now it's yeah. there, and it's yeah. available, and it's affordable, and yep. I'm just jealous of everybody else. I just want to do it. I've got yep. FOMO. Yeah, I'm with you. So I'm excited about that. Uh, we'll have to share notes as we start going through this. So um, One thing I want to share yeah. on that. Um, yep. I was reading just on my phone. I'm on. I'm thinking about, hey, I want to do some stuff around Spring Batch. I didn't know that Michael Manella has wrote written multiple books around Spring Batch. Did you know that? I did not know that. I mean, I, I, I did hear, I did know he wrote books before. I didn't know it was on Spring Batch. So Yes, and it's one That's of the free courses on Spring Academy. Uh, I went and I kind nice. of noodled, and I was just on my phone. Like, you can go and learn, and you can read and pick up these things. Just cool. And I picked up a bunch, and I loved it. So nice. even though I didn't have my, my laptop out, I was still learning from Spring Academy. I just want to throw that out there. That's awesome. I really enjoy it. Now, it's a great site. Yeah, and that that's, you know, on the topic of Spring Academy, that's something else that I want to focus on this year is maybe getting a little bit more involved in like helping produce some content there. I don't know what the what that looks like yet. I'm we're still we're still trying to figure that out, but I would love to help out wherever I can. So I think you do a great uh, job of producing content. I'm just gonna Oh, thank there. you. I appreciate it. So do you. Mr. I'm streaming every single day now. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> Baby stuff. You're doing a great job. Where do you where do you stream at every single day? Every single day. Uh, right now I'm doing YouTube. Right. YouTube.com slash at Deshaun. I'm doing twitch.tv slash Java Grunt. Kick.com slash Java Grunt. Twitter right. at Deshaun and LinkedIn at Deshaun. All right. So I'm streaming cool. to five different places every day. Nice. 8.30 to 10.30 Central is kind of the goal. Uh, I got yep. a little bit of a head start on it in 2023 and it's just been fun it's just a yeah i'm i'm doing some code uh, yep. i'm walking through stuff but i'm also answering questions just had to be available and that's great uh, again that's being involved in the community building stuff with the products and coming across things and just sharing it with people and yeah. i love what you're doing so just take it wherever it goes i've got yep. no like roadmap of things i want that's to accomplish good. just yeah. wherever wherever the yeah. show takes me that's where i'll go and it's been well, fun think- so far one of the uh, places the show has taken you already, uh, Spring AI, and AI in general is one of my main focuses in 2024. How um, cool is it? 
I'm just fascinated with AI in general. I was watching, I watched like one of the 60 minutes uh, over break that had like a collection of all the AI talks Mm -hmm. throughout the year. And I was just like really jumping into those. I ended up buying a book that AI superpowers. I'm already halfway (sighs) through that book and I'm really enjoying that book. So yeah, if you have book recommendations on AI, AI, please, please get those in here. I mean, by the time they're in a book, they're outdated, right? Yeah, I know, but I still like. Even though, like, I, you you kind of hear content on this all the time, it's it's fun. Like, I had an audio. I'm, the AI Superpowers book that I'm going through is an Audible book, so that I can listen to it on the treadmill, and just like hearing like people talk through like definitions of things you hear all the time, like yeah. neural networks and um, you know large language models, and like trying to get like a deeper understanding of just those concepts that you hear all the time, those are, those are still kind of relevant, right? So um, enjoying that, but more specifically, Spring AI. Spring AI is now out of the experimental phase. It's actually under the Spring Projects umbrella. And there's just a lot of change going on there because there's a lot of things happening in, in the world of AI, right? So you've, you've had a chance to both, well, you both in, you um, gave an interview, you did an interview with Mark Pollock on this show mm-hmm. and you've done a lot of live streams. I know you and Josh have built some stuff on a live stream. What are your kind of first impressions of Spring AI and kind of where that's going? So where I'm at right now, I, I always kind of map Spring Data and how Spring Data gives me these abstractions uh, across MySQL or Postgres or Yugabyte or Redis. I have this kind of like common way of interfacing with these different data stores. Spring yep. AI kind of gives me that. I have now this flexibility where I can plug in different models uh, like ChatGPT, like Claude, like others. And I can have my own as well. And I can plug them in and I can start to take things from output from one model and feed it into the input to another model and get these really interesting workflows. That's awesome. And Spring AI makes it easy to do that. So that's where I'm at. And, and it's been fun. Baby steps, right? Yeah. And the yep. more that you do, the more it kind of opens up the door to something next. And yep. that's really fun. Yeah, so I'm going to be focused on that, excited about that. Um, GraphQL, I'm continuing to focus on uh, just because I'm interested in it. I've given some talks on it. I'm giving some talks on it this year. And just kind of all the things that are coming along um, in Spring for GraphQL. So I'm excited to talk about that. Uh, I know Spring Boot, Migrator, Open Rewrite are on probably top of your list too. You're a big fan of those. Uh, just helping everyone who's having those uh, migration questions of like, how do I get from Spring Boot 2 to Spring Boot 3 or Java 8 to Java 17? Uh, again, more of an awareness thing, right? Like yeah. not every, every, every time we have talks with customers, they aren't aware of these tools and, and, and really just kind of opening some eyes, right? I think for anybody that's been here on this show or, or yeah. seen anything that I've done over the past few years, right. they are aware of Open Rewrite. They're aware of the Spring Boot Migrator. And it almost surprises me, even though it shouldn't. It surprises me when I go uh, in front of an audience and they have not heard of any of this. And they are still running Spring Boot (laughs) 1.5. And when I show them how easy it can be, not in all cases, but in some cases, how easy it can be to get upgraded. And then I tell them like, hey, like maybe you're going to get stuck. Maybe it's not easy for your team. Maybe you're doing something really specific, really proprietary, and it's, you know, mission critical. And you don't want to go alone. And maybe you want some help. A lot of people don't realize 
like the other part of spring and what we do here is we're not just like building these libraries and like send them out into the world. We also right. have spring consulting. We've got this group of experts that come in and sit down next to you and they work with your team and they help bootstrap or, you know, kickstart or develop custom stuff with your team. Yeah. And, and people have no idea that that's what we do. And that's, we're a tiny little part of that, that we're a tiny piece of that pie that makes up this spring yeah, conglomerate yep. within <laughs> VMware by Broadcom. There and you I go. love it. I love it. I yep. love when people are learning new things about what the possibilities are around spring and what you can do today and yeah. day two. Yeah. So if you or your team are looking to migrate this year to a newer version of Java, a newer version of spring, and you need some help, please uh, feel free to reach out to us. So right now, just on that topic, what we what have we said? Our guidance was like upgrade Java first, right? Because you get a bunch of benefit. That's going to yep, kind of be your easiest thing. Yeah, and it's yeah no cost, kind of low barrier. There's going to be some issues, but a lot of the stuff upgrading from Java eight or eleven to seventeen, which you need to run Spring Boot three, a lot of that stuff is handled by your IDE or by some plugin. Those are pretty much easy cases that everybody's done. It's been out for a long enough time where that's easy. So get there. And then we say, hey, here's Spring Boot Migrator. Here's some other tools. But now we've got even more tools. Now we've got a tool called the Spring Health Assessment Report, mm -hmm. right? That you can go and sign up for. I should probably throw a link in. That you can go and you can analyze your dependencies and you can kind of get a report like, hey, this, this is an easy upgrade or this might be a little bit harder or you've got some really critical vulnerabilities in this. We got more and more tools. We're continuing to add more tools into your tool belt to help you on this upgrade process. We don't, I'm, I know that the commercial support for Spring Boot 2.7 has been extended all the way into 2025. But, yep. oh, I don't even know how to do that. I can't I even close the lid and it's still going. <laughs> so, we have all these new tools. And in 2025, I don't want anybody to be running Spring Boot 2.7. There, there's so many tools, so many options, and so many teams. We have so many people here that are willing to help you, and partners that are willing to help you in that upgrade journey that that should be your goal. It's to not be on Spring Boot 2.0. Get up to Spring Boot 3 at a minimum by 2025, by this year. Yep. 2024, you should be at least Spring Boot 3. And some of you that come here all the time, you know that you should be on the latest and greatest. Not in this N minus one stuff. You should be on the latest and greatest because you're, you've been here enough. You know how easy it is to do. And I want that for you. And, and right on cue, here's Jonathan. Where is it? Oh. And there it is. Jonathan is here. He says, I've joined recently, so not sure... You got an answer, but I would recommend creating an issue for Spring Framework. Oh, I think that is to address. That is that is in reference to this. So there is a question that came in. Is there a plan to have REST test client, just like we already have web test client and test REST template? And so, yeah, I would echo Jonathan's. I know I've asked this question. There is already, I believe, an issue on this. So go search for it. I think it's there. There isn't one right now. There is a way to, I think there's like a test REST client builder or you can use a REST client builder to just create an instance. But 
Yeah, I don't know the answer to that, but I also have heard that question, and I actually asked the question, too, around that. So we'll see if we can't find the answer for you. Yeah, uh, and I'm looking. Uh, I like to use spring rest docs, and I don't know what it uses under the covers. I don't think it uses that test client. It's got its own little thing, right? Right. So with the... With the new REST client, he's they're basically saying, hey, when I'm writing tests, I used to have something called test REST template that I can inject. Uh, there was a bean created for me. There isn't a test REST client okay. that automatically gets created. There's a way to get an instance of it in there, but like it's not as intuitive as that, I guess. Uh, so yeah, I also have those same questions. We'll see if we can't find an answer for you there. So the Jonathan's here. Uh, I One of my other goals for this year is I want to create a PR that Jonathan gets to do the merge on. In, in that umbrella of products that Jonathan has his fingers on, I would like to do in 2024, I'd like to create a PR for something where Jonathan gets to do the, the thumbs up and let's merge this. That nice. is one of my goals. It's right here on my <laughs> list. That's one of my goals for 2024. All right. So uh, can't paste links, but the issue number 31275 under springtime. Thank you so much. Look at our audience is amazing. We just found it right away. So thank you very much, Solitary Turin. You know what? Uh, also, that Jonathan is here. One of the cool things about being a part of this community is you get some opportunities. And Jonathan is a part of our engineering team. And he delivers amazing things. But right now, Jonathan and his teammates are planning the next versions of Spring Boot and Micrometer and others. And wouldn't it be cool for you if you could have some say, if you've got something that you feel like it's missing, maybe it's not, not a good enough idea to articulate into a GitHub issue or a, you know, a feature request just yet, but maybe you've got some ideas. Maybe you use what's available inside of the Spring ecosystem for your tracing and logs and metrics and other. And maybe you would like to have a conversation with somebody from the Spring team. And maybe you would like, I think it'd be cool to have a conversation about like, hey, I think it'd be cool if you could do this. If that sounds interesting to you or your team or somebody that you know, we would love to be able to introduce you and maybe help define what's on the roadmap for some of the spring products under the spring umbrella. If that sounds interesting to you, reach out. We would love to hear from you. And I think Jonathan would too. All right. Uh, I got a question here. Hi, guys. Thanks for all your help. I have a question on spring plain WebSocket library, not using Stomp. Is there a default heartbeat setup? If not, how do I implement it? So I, I wonder why, why not using Stomp? Because if you go to start.spring.io and pick like WebSocket, I believe it's like SockJS and Stomp. So what, if you're not using that, what are you using? Yeah, and I feel like, maybe it was Jay, maybe it was you as well. I feel like this question came up and, and whoever addressed it said the same thing. Why not Stomp? So. Yeah, that, that's something that maybe we want to articulate. And yeah, and sometimes maybe it's not as easy. It says, my client has limitation. Hmm. So yeah, here's the thing. Um, I, I don't have all the answers, but sometimes I have friends on Slack that I can, I can reach out to and help get the answers. But I'm also available 
to sit down and maybe talk through it. And I might not have the answer, but I'm happy to kind of talk through and explore some of your options. If you are interested in that, call me. Give me a buzz. Cool. Yeah. It seems like something we want to have a conversation around. Yeah, because if it's not using Stomp, I'm interested to see what it's using to to talk to WebSocket protocol. Um, And then if that's the case, if there's a default heartbeat, I I don't know, based on whatever library you use. So, So, yeah. Um, okay, I got another question here uh, from Sid that says, is it correct to say that Spring Data JDBC is like Spring Data JPA without the JPA interfaces? Uh, so yeah, so Spring Data is the umbrella project. The idea of Spring Data is to kind of give you this consistent programming model for accessing relational and non-relational databases uh, across all the different types of databases that you may run into while kind of retaining some of those uh, specific traits to those, right? There are different uh, implementations of Spring Data, or different um, projects under the Spring Data umbrella. The two of the most popular are Spring Data JDBC and Spring Data JPA. So yes, JPA is all about using um, JPA, the Java Persistence API. So that is a spec. One of the implementations of that is Hibernate. So Hibernate underneath the hood is being used. And if you're using JPA, uh, it's great in certain projects. You also, there's a little bit of overhead if you don't know Hibernate, if you've never worked with JPA or uh, understanding how like an ORM works. Um, So there's a little bit of overhead there. Spring Data JDBC kind of brings it back to more of like traditional SQL and uh, building out uh, different domains using domain-driven design. Um, But at the end of the day, they both give you the features of Spring Data, which is, hey, I don't want to write all this CRUD functionality uh, for a user in my system. I don't want to be able to list all the users, create one, update one, delete one, et cetera. Uh, You can basically create an, an interface and Spring will turn that into an implementation for you at runtime to give you a lot of that CRUD functionality. So both Spring Data, Data JBA and JDBC will do that for you. It's just a different way of thinking of how you're gonna kind of build those systems out. I like that explanation. Cool. And again, I hope I that, that, that Spring Data, uh, I put yep. that as an umbrella over yep. not just SQL, uh, but also right. like your NoSQL. Right. We have yep. Spring Data Mongo, Spring Data Redis. Redis. Yep. Uh, you have a lot of options, but you have this consistency. Right, that's one of the values that the framework brings is you have this consistency as you're moving between uh, yep. these different systems. Yep. Yep, and then uh, Sid just said, I did not realize that we could do repository interfaces without JPA. I think that could be made clear. Also, I believe that Spring Data JDBC supports uh, immutable entities, uh, which JPA can't. Correct. So, yes, you can use Spring Data repositories with JDBC. I... Every video that I've done on my channel that I use Spring Data JDBC for, I do examples of that. So if you want to check that out, and yes, one of the one of the key features for me is I can use records in Java 17 in Spring Boot 3. I can use records to kind of define the data carrier classes in my application, and you can't do that with something like JPA. So I cut down on all that boilerplate. I just create a record and. Uh, repository and now have this access to get things in and out of my database. And I don't default to RDBMS. 
I defaulted to Redis and I can do repositories with Spring Data yep. Redis the same way. Yep. In fact, you can use the same models in your RDBMS and with Redis. Yep. So yeah, and with Spring Data Projects, you can talk to multiple databases. So you could have a user object in you in your Redis cache yep. and in your SQL, your Postgres SQL database, right? So uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Oh, here's a good question that I want to ask another question. Any plan to support Spring Cloud Load Balancer with REST Client? Uh, this works today. So if you go into like something like Spring Cloud Gateway, you can do load balancing with REST Client. So that's exciting. If you want to learn more about that, we talked about that on the show uh, with Rossin and Olga, uh, where we went into like HTTP interfaces. So yes, you, there's an at load balance, uh, at load balanced or er, I don't know exactly which one, but yes, uh, you can do that. So. Fantastic. Oh, Jonas, welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy that you're here. Happy that you're here. So good stuff. Cool. Like, this is great. I'm feeling like we're starting the year on the right track. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Cool. So that, uh, I think I had one more thing that I wanted to focus on this year, which I get a lot of questions around spring security. One thing I haven't did a, done a deep dive into yet is authorization server. So once you get past like the... I have this basic app that needs to talk to one thing and like secure it and do some like OAuth dance. Like it works in a lot of like simple use cases, but when you get into large organizations, you need some type of authorization server. And I get a lot of questions around like, well, that was great, but what if I need to do refresh tokens or what if yep. I need to like do this or do that? You're talking right? my language. That's exactly yeah. where we're at. Yeah. So, so that's another big thing that I want to focus on this year. Good, good stuff. And there's <laughs> layers to the whole like security thing, right? There's yep. there's different things. Uh, we were talking about Spring Cloud Gateway and how we can use it for uh, authentication, authorization, uh, yep. as a cross-cutting concern for a lot of things. And then you bring up, well, what if it's SSO? What if it's across multiple domains and you want to be able to hand off that authorization? Yeah, there's there's different layers to these things. Yeah, it's not just about and you know, one of the... One of the things I haven't played with yet is in the newer versions of Spring Boot, I think it started in 3 and then we had a new version of this in 3.2, was the SSL key bundles. So this used to be like very hard to like uh, manage these kind of bundles and use them across your application, and now this has gotten a lot easier. So I'm interested to play with that. <laughs> we're, we're, we're doing stuff. <laughs> right, Jonas is like, yes, I knew we got this feedback. Same model. Yeah, I have an example of uh, an, a, a project that basically takes the same model uh, and it implements it as Spring Data JPA and it changes the ID, I think is the only difference that you need to make. And it'll use the exact same model uh, with Spring Data Redis. And then you can kind of compare for something like that one billion rows uh, example, how long does it take you to write it? That's yep. the type of approach that I would do. Uh, so I do have an example. If you would like to learn more, uh, yeah, I could, I'll, I'll throw, I'll find that link. And Dan, I want you to throw the link to your blog, uh, up there as well. I'll, I'll find the link to my little Redis project All right. uh, that has the, uh, the same model, uh, implement as JPA and Spring Data Redis, and we'll make that available to you. And it's actually even been updated recently. Yeah. And, um, you know, men, uh, on that same kind of thought process there, 
I was talking about REST template or REST client. I did a video recently too because somebody asked a question of, "Hey, I see that you're uh, using REST client or, or JDBC client. Uh, I'm sorry, not REST client, JDBC client, and you have the ability to talk to multiple databases." Can I use the JDBC client to talk to two different databases? And that was a lot of fun to put together because uh, part of Spring is like, hey, if we make some assumptions when you have like a database on the class path, we're going to get you a connection. We're going to create a data source bean. We're going to like read the properties from that. We'll create you a JDBC client bean so that you have that available. But when you have two of those, we're gonna back off. Like you gotta, you gotta tell me more about how to connect up to those. So I had a, I had a lot of fun putting that video together. Um, multiple data sources in yeah. Spring, uh, pretty easy to do. And then now the new, the new clients in three point two are are so awesome. I love talking about those. Fantastic. So it's like these interesting edge cases. Like where do you go once you've got outside of the kind of like here's the regular guidance. Once you've gotten outside of the the defaults. Uh, the assumptions that we might make when we come into a new org or into your org, we might make some assumptions on how you're doing a microservice architecture or how you're connecting to uh, a database or a cache. Once you've gotten like past that and you've got a unique kind of edge case that's not well documented, guess where you can bring those questions here. Yep. And it's not just us. We don't have all the answers. We're going to make mistakes. But we've got the spring team like Jonathan. They'll show up here on occasion when we're really, really lucky. And they're here to help you. So bring your questions because what do I like to say? If you come to my house for dinner and you leave hungry, that's your fault. We're gonna have food. And if you come here and you've got questions and you don't ask, that's your fault. Don't leave hungry, especially when we got Jonathan here. Well, now that you mentioned that, uh, you know, we we tossed around some ideas like, hey, if you go to the website, ask a question. I see somebody just commented here. Regarding the upcoming OfficeStars website, plus one, a place to ask questions outside of Twitter, and also a place to give feedback on the show. Yeah. This, to me, lends more into like a GitHub discussions area, Yeah. because then our friends like Jonathan could go in there and make a comment on that discussion. Uh, so yeah, so maybe we'll do some kind of integration like that. Fantastic. Todd says, when is dinner? When's dinner at your house? Todd, the next time that we are in the same geo, Dinner's on me. Oh man! Dinner's on me. I, I would love uh, to hang out. I hope. Or lunch. I hope that. I hope that's all of us in Kansas City again, because I want some of that uh, barbecue. A uh, deal. Whoa! What is with deal? Fireworks? You, you did the thumbs up, man. <laughs> you did the thumbs up. Um, okay, I got another question here. Will the Spring Cloud Gateway Server event MVC eventually match mm. all the features of Spring Cloud Gateway Reactive Server? This is a good um, question. Tricky question. Oh, yeah. Jonathan even said that. Tricky, uh, tricky time zone. Oh, uh, this is a tricky question. Um, <laughs> uh, sure, like you would hope that you would think that like hey, if there's a there's a feature over here and there's not a feature over here that maybe we can align those. No, I don't think everything's gonna align perfectly, and and it didn't to 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 begin with, and I don't know that we're ever gonna get there. But I'm sure if there's feature requests coming. Uh, and on the MVC side that are missing, then I'm, I'm sure that's, you know, I know Spencer and the team are, are taking a look at them. So. Yeah. So one of the things, I guess I'm, I'm wondering what, what might be missing, what you're interested in. One of the cool things about the way that Spring MVC does it, it uses that functional, the Spring functional uh, DSL mm -hmm. to establish its routes. So you can kind of chain things. You can chain your routes from one to the other and get similar uh, outcomes 
and with a similar style of programming that you might do in the reactive world. So yeah, we're all, we're, we're, we're coming in. We're giving you options. Not we, the team is giving you options. Tiago, I would love to hear more about what you're looking for. Right now, and, I'm still defaulting to the reactive version. And and I would say, you know what Jonathan said earlier, if you find a feature that is not in MVC, that is in the reactive stack, that you feel like we are missing, then that is a perfect way to bring that to our attention. Go over to the Spring Cloud project on GitHub, file an issue. Um, I know that is the number one place everyone is looking for those those types of requests. So, I think another goal for us this year, and I think in past years, season one and two, the goal, <laughs> we want to help you feel more connected and give you a voice to the engineering team. And if you have... Yeah, concerns or hesitation around opening up an issue or opening up a feature request. We're here to help. Mm -hmm. It's it's teamwork makes the dream work. We all have to kind of like, yeah, be heard. And it's nice to be heard. And I think that this is a great opportunity for you to be heard uh, yep. because we have advocates and, and engineers here listening and providing feedback and answers directly during the live show. But for those of you that are watching the podcast, we want to help you open up issues or know where yep. to go to find yep. issues, to find examples. That's, I think, something that we'd like to do here. Yep. Perfect. All right. Um, and any other things that you're kind of focused on as far as like learning new things or things you want to help educate the community about? Is there anything kind of top of mind for you or do we kind of cover everything? I'm, I, told, I talked about the observability. I want to do a oh, PR yes. for, for that team. I want Jonathan to be the one that gets to give it the thumbs up. Uh, I'm going to be digging into Spring Modulith and nice. kind of showing like a, a side by side some of these yes. patterns, some of these examples that I'm doing with like YouTube and Spring AI and having this interface. Uh, I'm doing it as a microservice approach because I'm doing it live on stream and I can kind of work through one piece at a time and I can deliver yep. it. But then on the other side, for another domain, uh, I'll do it as a Modulith, but provide the same functionality just to show a side by side. Yeah. of why this might be a better approach for some like cases. It. So like yeah, it. I'll be doing Spring Modulith, Java 22, and of course the upgrading. Uh, I'm gonna continue to push to help pull all those workloads that are out there. They've been running for a long, long time and they're on old versions of Java and old versions of Spring Boot. I wanna help pull those forward into the new year. Uh, yep. Newest, latest and greatest versions of Java and Spring Boot. That's awesome. There are just so many things to learn and so many things to talk about that this is a really good starting point. But as I said earlier, things may change. If we get 20 questions on this show next week about a certain thing, then maybe we will start talking about that more. Yeah. So like we said, we are, we are an extension of the community. So if there are things that you want to hear about, if there are things that you're interested in learning more about, please feel free to let us know. So... That Jonathan's here and we have the, this question. Um, maybe we ought to bring Jonathan back and talk about what, is, what does observability mean in the spring world? We talk about logs and tracing and metrics, but like, how does that play out? How is it different today in spring framework six and spring boot three than it was yep. before? Yep. That might be a good, yeah, good thing to read. Uh, jo Jonathan does a really good job of defining like what are metrics, what are distributed logs, you know, those types of things. Um, I think one of the things that are confusing for me, at least when it comes to observability, that I would like to get some clarity on is 
there are all these different tools out there that that kind of instrument and 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 graph and display and show you all of these things that you're collecting. Mm -hmm. And I never know like which tool is for what because different tools do different things, right? And so I think maybe that's one of the pieces of the puzzle. At least that's what I've kind of struggled with in the past. Maybe others have too. And I'm going to throw this out there. This is uh, one of my favorite resources. Uh, When I think of things observability, when I think of what I want to do going forward, uh, Jonathan, who's here, he's got this great repository called Tea House. And it's got great examples and it's got the Docker Compose. So it's easy to set up, easy to stand up and run and kind of explore metrics and logs and tracing. And it has these, uh, yeah, utilities like Prometheus and Grafana and Loki all built in, all ready to go to take it for a spin to understand like maybe you're missing some things. If you're having a hard time with your observability, that's a great place to start. All right, Jonathan, find a, find a spot on your calendar on a Monday. Let's make this happen. Yes, we're moving to Monday. <laughs> we're moving to Monday. All right. Um, cool. So that's all I had as far as like things I wanted to focus on. Um, I did want to quickly talk about um, like conferences and spring office hours. Yeah. One of the things I love about uh, this job that we get to do is being able to go to different conferences, talk to developers. I, a lot of times it's like, I love, I love speaking at these events, but the hallway track and being able to like sit down with your peers and like talk code. And I love doing that. So I'm excited to get out there again this year. Get to, I really want to get to some new conferences. There are certain conferences that I love, like DevNexus that I unfortunately won't be able to get to this year. Things like KCDC, I hope I can get there just so I can have some uh, some burnt ends with you one night. Um, but yeah, there are some, there are some, there are uh, some really exciting conferences this year that I'm hoping to get to. Uh, my first ever Confu in Montreal, Canada in next month. I'll be going there. And I also have the Great International Developer Summit, GIDS, in Bangalore, India, which yes. I am super excited about going to. That's amazing. Um, I'm excited about those. Uh, do you have anything kind of lined up that you're excited about or that you got your eye on? Well, I'll be honest. The, you talked about hallway track. Uh, earlier in the show, we talked about being proactive versus reactive and what I want to do this year. One of the things that I want to do, I'm looking at Todd, I'm looking at Jonathan, I'm looking at you. I want to spend more time kind of making sure that I'm not waiting until I, I land in Seattle to hang out with Jonathan. Uh, yep. I want to give, I want to have more opportunities to hang out with Jonathan and learn from him and hear what's going on because I need those conversations in order to feel like I'm growing as well. And I think if I can have those conversations with with Todd and with Jonathan and with you, and and then I can share some of what I'm learning out with our customers and out with the, the community at large, I think that's going to be valuable. So I'm going to be yep. more proactive about awesome. scheduling time with my yep. friends, the people that I, I enjoy hanging out with. That's, that's a great idea. Uh, just a quick question from Sid here on the live stream. Are these office hours scheduled uh, weekly at the same time or just look out for the notifications? So yes, going forward in season three, they will be scheduled every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern unless we have a conflict that week for something. We will do a better job of getting these scheduled in advance. So when we're talking to you today, you will know what the next episode is going to be. Another thing you can do is right now to get a notification. If you go over to the Spring Developer channel and subscribe to Spring Developer, 
you will get notified when a new episode goes out. So those are some things. And then obviously when we get the new website up and running, we'll find a way to kind of keep you uh, in touch and, and everything that's going on with the show. Fantastic. Cool. Um, so conferences and then uh, I just put down spring office hours. I, again, I don't have any like measurable goals with this show yet because I think for the first two seasons, I, I wasn't, I, you know, we see the numbers, but I've never really been worried about numbers or like, we don't, we, we report these numbers. That's part of our job, but we don't, nobody's asking us like, you better get this many viewers this week or this many total views. Like we're, we're not getting any push like that. Right. So I've never been worried about numbers. Um, but I think one thing going into season three that I want to do is pay a little bit more attention to. Uh, both the live streams and the podcasts uh, to see where we are, to give ourselves like a kind of benchmark and say, what can we do to improve things? Because yes, I mean, I, I am not, uh, I'm not beholden to some like goal of like a thousand views or something like we're, that's not why we're doing this, but why we are doing this is to get involved in the community. And if there are ways that we can kind of help promote this show and get more involved with the community, that's, I think, where I'm, I'm more interested in, in looking at the numbers. The people that are here on the live stream and the people that are listening on the podcast are the most important people for this show. Like there's, yes. no, uh, there's no goal uh, for anything. We're not trying to reach anybody else. The people that are here that are wanting to have dinner, that are, have questions, <laughs> that are wanting to learn more, you are the most important people at this time. So we really yeah. just want to uh, connect and help. And it, if it's just one, it's just one. And that's fine. One of the other things, I do have a goal for this community. Uh, Thomas was uh, you know, early in the community and he's been great. And I'm, I'm glad you're here, Thomas. Uh, I like to reference you a lot. And yeah, I got to, got to see Thomas in person at a conference and doing amazing things. And he continues to be a developer advocate community developer advocate and grow and he's doing more conferences and and one of the things uh, i hope you don't mind me uh, saying he's like hey here's an abstract would you mind reviewing this abstract for me and give it a little feel i want to do that for more i want i'm full transparency my goal is i want another community member somebody from our spring office hours community i want to help somebody just one get on stage at some conference whether it's kcdc or dev nexus or somewhere or whether it's just a jug. I want yep. to help somebody feel more comfortable about presenting, especially if it's around spring. Yeah, I just want to be that. That's one of my goals. That's great because that is going to tie in nicely to our conversation next week about DevRel because one of the big things with DevRel is public speaking. It's still one of those things that like scare people away and you don't need to be like it could just be at a jug with 10 people there i mean i don't know how many people are at your jug but sometimes we have 10 people 82 so like, at the montreal <laughs> jug a couple weeks ago oh wow that's pretty awesome but yeah i mean if you're not at the montreal if you're you know you could find a way to talk to 10 people for 10 minutes it doesn't need to be an hour presentation that's polished uh so yeah so let's talk about some of that uh next week that'll be interesting that sounds great that sounds great Cool. So, uh, yeah, I think that was a lot of what I wanted to cover today. Uh, anything else you're looking forward to in 2024? I'm, I'm this. This yep. is my favorite part of the week. This is what I'm looking forward to. Just doing more so, of this. So I guess, uh, well, we should say because 
Java and Spring Boot get releases every six months. We will see Java 22 and Java 23 this year. It's just still kind of crazy to think about, right? We will see Spring Boot 3.3 and Spring Boot 3.4 later this year, probably on Thanksgiving again. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's just that's crazy to think about um, that we're on those versions of the things that we love and use every single day. So. And we're not doing it in a silo. The engineering team loves feedback, Stack Overflow, GitHub issues. We want to help you do that more, be more comfortable doing that. Yeah. Because, yeah, it, it takes a team. It takes a community to make these products yep. last as long as they've lasted. Uh, Todd says, my presentations are never flashed. How do I, I don't believe it. Where I need to flash. This is <laughs> lies detected. How do I do that? <laughs> I saw a good quote from uh, Scott Davis in, in one of the de developer role, uh, relations books I have. And he has said, um, you know, the audience doesn't know my lines. It's not a fair fight. Because, like, <laughs> unless you're fumbling, like, they don't know what you've, if you've messed something up. Because there's not a script. This is your presentation. You get to kind of give it based on your experience, not as the aforementioned expert in the field, because I don't know that any of us are, like I'm not. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, a lot of fun things to talk about there. So cool. Well, what I'm a great looking... way to start off season three. What a great way. Season three, episode one. Wow. I can't believe we're in season three. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. Um, again, just a reminder, we are moving to Monday. So next Monday, we will be here at 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we will also be uh, continuing to kind of push this out to a podcast. So hopefully that will happen Monday night. You'll see the podcast on Tuesday morning. And uh, we have a lot of exciting things planned. I think, oh, one of the other things I mentioned in there is I want to get better at us doing podcasts on the road. We had talked about a couple yeah. of things that we can do. I want to do that. I want to do podcasts on the road this year. So look out for that as Tell well. Me in. Cool. Well, Deshaun, it was great seeing you. Uh, I love that we are in season three. I love that this is our first episode. And I'm excited about everything we're going to do this year. So Let's go. Let's do it. All right. Thank you, everyone. We will see you next week on Spring Officers. Happy coding. Take care.